0: Before the Eagles 35 to 13 thrashing of the Steelers on Sunday, Jalen hurts the quarterback for the Eagles had completed only six passes of 20 or more air yards on 13 attempts, 256 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers alone. He had three completions of 20 air yards or more. All three of them were touchdown passes to AJ Brown before this, The undefeated Eagles, they had kind of a body blow offense, right? We've talked about it on the show before. They could sustain with the run game, and then the short to intermediate passes would take advantage of that on play action. Now this new kind of deep passing element to their offense, I feel like it presents two questions to us, right? Do the Eagles really have a weakness right now, and are they the best team in the NFL, still undefeated?
1: Uh, let's make it short. No discernible weakness, and yes, they are the best team in the NFL. Uh, (laughs) I was shocked. shocked. Uh, Move on. Uh, The deep passes were happening over and over. By the way, all three of those AJ Brown touchdowns happened in the first half, and then he had the touchdown to Zach Pascal, where like the entire Steelers defense just went "Eh." and that was a that was a nineteen. So we almost had four touchdowns of. 20 or more air yards he was one yard short on the pascal touchdown so after completing six he almost had four in this game and it really makes sense when you think about it because they had everything else and i wrote about this last week they are so good at creating explosive run plays out of uh passing personnel 11 personnel uh three receivers one tight end one running back and more teams vikings are doing it a ton The uh, Seahawks are doing it a ton. The Buccaneers are doing it a ton, but it's not working because they have no run game. I know you know this, but they had set everything else up. And now, okay, we got A.J. Brown. We traded away the first round pick for him. He can be that force multiplier explosive guy. And then you add him to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and all these other guys, and it's like, boom. So this is kind of the last vestige of like what they were missing, and I don't know if they were missing it, but you knew going down the stretch, and I think we talked about this last week on, on 4DT, um, eventually you're going to come up against the Bills or the Chiefs, and you're going to have to create explosive plays in the passing game just to catch up. The fact that they can now do it, and it looks so natural, it was like they'd been practicing this for weeks, and they decided to just unleash it on the Steelers, who, by the way, were kind of league average in defending deep passing plays. It wasn't like, hey, we're playing the Lions. Let's go for it. It was like, we're ready. Let's do it. Time is now. And, yeah, it's – I wrote this morning, Monday morning, a tape piece on that, and I said this is an oblique moment for the rest of the NFL, and I really think it is.
0: It is, man. Like you said, if there's a a flaw on this team, on this roster, I'm really not sure what it is, especially after the Robert Quinn trade – um there's still a little time to make more moves we we haven't hit the deadline as of filming yet so there's as long as
1: jordan davis is healthy which we don't know that that would be a big blow but other than that and injuries it would it would i mean we've
0: said it before right you are what your record says you are they're perfect right now they're seven and oh um adding that deep passing element to the offense really it just makes them more dangerous than they already were which was pretty dangerous uh and it, it should allow them again to beat any opponent in whatever way they want or need to, right? Regardless of what type of game you get into with the Eagles, chances are now they're still going to be able to beat you at whatever type of game you want to have. Um, you know That's obviously been a, a recipe for success in the regular season so far, but I think more importantly, that's how you beat people in January and February, right? If yep. you're able to go you know, on the road, which they might not have to do if they keep this up, right? But no matter what opponent they have, they will be able to tailor a game plan around whatever strengths they need to be able to, to match up well with that team. And again, like I said, they they could still make another move. They've still got time to do that. This roster is loaded already. Again, they haven't lost a game. I don't see why they should lose one anytime soon. I know it's the NFL, and and every team is going to be tough every week. But there's no contender right now that says they're better uh, than the Eagles, in my opinion.
1: Well, you think about this. This kind of establishes Jalen Hurts as the unquestioned franchise quarterback. So now you go into the 2023 draft. You got that extra pick from the Saints. You got all these extra picks that Howie Roseman assembled. You don't have to think about Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. That's over. You can just stack up even more talent at other positions, and it just it's not just for this year. It's for other years. And the other thing I'll say about the Eagles – they were in you know three and four wide sets on those aj brown touchdowns and the steelers were running five man fronts with two linebackers essentially stacking the box in base against 11 personnel because they knew this, the eagles run out of that and now they've given hurts the green light to just go bombs away when he sees that so what do you do now Everything you know is wrong against this offense. It's just scary.
0: And Doug, speaking of the Eagles, it's a pretty good bet that offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is going to get more than his share of head coach interviews after the season he and his unit are having in Philadelphia, obviously. He seems more than qualified for that interest. But looking around the rest of the league, what other assistant coaches in the league do you think deserve their shot at being a head coach?
1: I had another guy uh, from that staff, uh, offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland, who is the best in the business at what he does, and I would just love him as a head coach because the guy has, like most offensive line coaches, the guy has no filter whatsoever, so that would be fun. Um, out of all assistant coaches right now, I, and I, I knew him a bit from his time in Seattle, I'd love to see Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn get another shot. Quinn parlayed his role as Pete Carroll's best DC in the Legion of Boom era into his tenure as a Falcons head coach from – 2015 through 2020. It's tough to overcome what happened to Quinn's team against the Patriots in Super Bowl 51 at the end of the 2016 season, right? You lose a 28 to 3 lead. It was like, you know, what happened to the Seahawks when they lost to the Patriots in Super Bowl 49. It took the entire franchise like 5 years to get over that. So, Quinn held in to keep his team relatively competitive for a while. He turned the Cowboys defense around right away in 2021 and then the most impressive thing about what Quinn has done this year is he's maintained that high standard, but they've changed their schemes completely. They were heavy zone. Now they're man. They were heavy blitz. Now they're stunting. Quinn is adapting to the modern passing game, even though he doesn't really have to. And when you consider the head coaches and assistant coaches in this league who are just stuck in the same old mud all the time, I think Quinn, like a Bill Belichick, like a Pete Carroll, might be better in his second go around and getting to a super bowl and almost winning is pretty good in your first go around. So Quinn would probably be my guy. Luke, how about you?
0: I'm going to take a couple guys out of the NFC West. And again, we're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I think Raheem Morris in Los Angeles. I think D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. Both of those guys have earned a shot. Raheem, it would be another shot again, much like Quinn um a three-year stint for Raheem Morris in Tampa Bay really before he was ready right he jumped straight from being the DB coach there after John Gruden was fired was never a coordinator before leaping from that spot as a position coach to being a head coach was obviously in over his head was was really young still managed to win 10 games in 2010 with a pretty unspectacular Bucks roster that year. yeah I was
1: gonna say Um, the, the last parts of the Gruden era the talent attrition was pretty deep so yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, the fact that he had that team winning 10 games that year, barely missed the playoffs by tiebreaker. um, That was impressive to me. And again, everything he's done since then as going back, you know, to being a position coach and a coordinator again, and and moving through the ranks again, I'd love to see him get another shot. D'Amico Ryan's again, one of the most brilliant young minds on either side of the ball in terms of scheme and play calling and what he's done for that defense in, in San Francisco. I know he's got some talent to work with, but really I think he's as much of a star as anybody on that roster um, and I really believe, and this is really important, both of these men I think are leaders and not just play callers. And I think yep. that's something that is is underrated in the process. We see so many of these hot names and these play callers, particularly on offense, get these jobs, and they flame out so quickly because that's it, it, just a, such a different job. It's such a different responsibility to be the head coach as opposed to being an effective and an innovative play caller. I think both of these guys, because of their leadership qualities, and again, Morris learning from what he – didn't know the first time around, I think both of these guys would be would be fantastic candidates for anybody looking for a, a, a jolt once they move on from their current head coach.
1: And the thing about Ryan's, I believe he was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year in his last year in college. He was the AP Defensive Rookie of the Year, two-time Pro Bowler. I mean, the, AP
0: Defensive Rookie of the Year, the year the Texans took Mario Williams number one overall. He was their second round pick that year, and he won it over Williams.
1: So if he's a head coach for your team and you come in thinking you're a hot shot, D'Amico Renz is like, okay, how about these skins? What do you have? So I mean that, that and that means something to players. But I, I would agree. I think I think both of those guys are leaders, and that is coaching is ten to fifteen percent. Like what schemes you're running, you have guys who are in charge of that. You have to be the thirty thousand foot leader. I think all three of these people, Quinn and Morrison and Ryan's would all be excellent. At now, that. Doug, obviously it's
0: Halloween. We're filming this on Halloween Day, so we got to do some trick-or-treat. We'll start with the trick, right? Which NFL team has disappointed you so far this season and proved you the most wrong in your assumptions uh, that they would be far more competitive than they have been at the
1: halfway point? Sorry, I'm just goofing around here. Uh, So we're going with disappointments. I mean, it's it's the Green Bay Packers. It's not like I expected their offense to thrive after the Devontae Adams trade. General Manager Brian Gutekunst for the second straight year really didn't do enough to replace – well, this year replace him. Last year, give Aaron Rodgers the receivers he needs. Um, Rodgers' deep ball has declined in each of the last two years. He's not the quarterback he was. You have to give him more help. The offensive line has fallen apart. If you watch the Bills game on Sunday night, the extent to which head coach Matt LaFleur is hiding his quarterback, he is hiding Aaron Rodgers because the passing game is so bad. They're down three scores in the second half, and they're running the ball over and over and over. And here was the worst part. That was absolutely the right decision. When you're you're in a place like that, it's a waste year. You're done. It's time to start thinking about 2023. And they have, I believe, seven first-round picks on that defense, and I thought it was a championship defense. And I have to put most of the blame on that on defensive coordinator Joe Barry. It's easy to blame coordinators, but when you have a guy who refused to put your best cornerback, J.R. Alexander, on Justin Jefferson, I know I keep going back to that every week. Well, you know what? The reason I'm going back to it this week is because they did the same thing against Stephon Diggs. Put J.R. Alexander on Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs went off. When Alexander was on Diggs, Diggs couldn't do anything. So, of course, let's put him on Gabe Davis. So the reason I'm bringing it up again is it's happening again. And I had said that Joe Barry needs a fire lit under his butt. Uh, I would say at this point it almost doesn't matter. Uh, Packers are – by far the biggest disappointment i've seen in the 2022 nfl season luke i have a feeling yours is a bit closer to home both figuratively and literally
0: it is it is it's been a heck of a year for teams that finished uh in the in the playoff race near the top in the nfc last year right you got the packers who are three and five you got the rams who are three and four uh and you've got my my tampa bay buccaneers who are or three and five as well um I mean, even after, obviously, second, second day of training camp, Ryan Jensen, the Pro Bowl center, he goes down with a knee injury and, and kind of casts a, a shadow over really everything that day and moving forward. But let's be honest, even after that, I feel like the Bucks were still a pretty decent NFC favorite to a lot of people. Obviously, more injuries have piled up since then, but really it's the healthy players that have been most worrisome to me. You know, it, Devin White's not hurt. Vea's not hurt. So many of these guys who are healthy on Sundays just aren't making enough of an impact and, you know, the offense either can't or won't run the ball. The, the play calling on offense is boring and predictable every week. The defense is missing assignments. And, again, these are guys we talked about it last week. Todd Bowles was supposed to bring continuity and keep things the same and keep everybody, take them to a new level because everybody's been together, especially on that defense, less communication errors. They brought in all these veterans. Well, all the veterans they signed in the offseason got hurt. And that's on both sides of the ball. And the guys that are supposed to be the continuity, the gel holding this thing together – guys with Cs on their chest like Devin White does he's getting gassed he's he's oh. loafing around on plays he's getting manhandled by rookie defensive rookie offensive linemen like he did Thursday night against Baltimore again injuries on the back end of the defense you can't plan for that stuff sometimes but it's just again that the healthy players not playing up to their potential the coaches that should be at this point in their system they've had three or four years with these same players in the same system seem to be getting worse. I mean to be three and five after going thirteen and four last season, they've already got more losses than they had all year last year. That's that's big yikes to me. As do
1: the Packers, yeah. Um, well, what did we just say about uh, coaches and how head coaching is maybe ten to fifteen percent play calling? When bowls are the defensive coordinator, and this is also happening in New Orleans, by the way, with Dennis Allen becoming head coach right. after being one of the best DCs in the league, all of a sudden Bulls can't focus on the defense. And this is also happening on the offense with all the miscommunications and the 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 route concepts do not help Brady at all. I wrote a tape piece on Brady on Sunday morning, and yep. it's not his fault. That guy, he is making bang-on throws like he did when he was 25, at 45. Now, is Brady part of the problem? Yeah, but he's about 7th or 8th on the list. And, right, he's know,
0: far down the list.
1: Bowles is getting questions about benching Devin White. I mean, when you're at that point, it's kind of the same as the Packers. Like, I don't... Whatever you try to do frantically to fix it now, um, I would also put the Pittsburgh Steelers in this in this part. You know, like fire Matt Canada. Well, okay, it, to what end? Kenny right. Pickett's still your quarterback. He's played like three games. He's a first round rookie. Um, yeah, there are these teams almost halfway through the season, and we need to actually compute the halfway point. Like, what point in Week Nine is the halfway season? Um, just so we can have all our listicles and whatnot. But yeah, both yeah. of the both Bay's Green and Tampa are in big trouble.
0: And, of course, we got to finish it off with the treat. Uh, who has been the the other side of that coin? Who's been the most surprising, pleasantly surprising team in the NFL so far this season?
1: I had an informal pool with some of my friends who are not in football, just family friends, before the season. We were talking about like how many wins the Seahawks would have, and I landed on five, and now they have five. <laughs> so this week, you win. I live about 10 miles from their practice facility, so it's the Seahawks. I mean, Russell Wilson traded away for a ton of picks and a handful of decent players. This looked like a total from the studs rebuild, as head coach Pete Carroll and general manager John Schneider worked to exercise years of questionable, horrible draft classes, trades, free agent decisions. But this team has a new franchise quarterback in Geno Smith. Geno Smith is a franchise quarterback. Believe it. Um, Nobody outside of the Smith family could have seen that coming. It was a question as to whether Smith would beat up Drew Locke in the preseason. Remember that. Um, it feels very uh, Rich Gannon, very Kurt Warner. Very Jim Plunkett. Yep. That kind of thing. Uh, Seattle has hit on multiple first-year impact starters. A couple of weeks ago we said five. Now, boy, Mafe's showing up. It could be six. He's like, hello, remember me? Yeah. They get Owosu, uh, the guy the pass rusher from the Chargers, and he's already yep. blowing up. Geno Smith. So these players who are sort of bit role guys other where, uh, other places, they come here and boom. It's speaking of boom, it's like the Seahawks in the early 2010s. It's that kind of thing all over again. They just they trucked the formerly five and one Giants on Sunday. If you're not taking them seriously, you're not paying attention. Luke, what about you?
0: I uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Seahawks are the obvious pick compared to the preseason expectations. Um, and I hate giving New York teams more more love right we always have to deal with it. in every sport they always get attention but I, I can't help but you can but talk notice. about
1: Zach Wilson's crappy game if that balances it out
0: it's true it does it helps it helps um, but both of these New York teams right I mean these teams are picking in the top five uh, in the draft and then you look at both of what they're doing they both have winning records they both have a great start to this season with fairly new head coaches I love the culture that it looks like both of these guys have created in such a short amount of time right the players are obviously responding. You got Robert Salas' Jets. They'll have to continue to overcome, you know, both Zach Wilson's penchant for just throwing interceptions that make no sense. And also some key, key injuries. You lose Brees Hall. You lose Elijah Vera Tucker. Obviously, Mikay Becton's out again. You don't really know what his future's going to be. But man, there's just so much young talent on both sides of the ball on that roster. I love. Feel kind of the same way about the Giants. <sighs> Brian Dable, what he's already done in such a short amount of time. Coach of the year. I don't think – Obviously to coach of the year, that. especially on his side of the ball with the barren wasteland he's had at wide receiver yeah. to work with. I mean, Saquon Barkley is healthy and rolling. How beautiful is that to see? Daniel Jones looks like he could be the guy with this system that Dable has brought in and what he did with Josh Allen and Buffalo. It looks like he's making a, a franchise quarterback out of Daniel Jones. The defense is making big plays. Again, young talent there That's that's a lot to be excited about. I think both these teams could be fun to watch for a while.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about Daniel Jones is he's not really a franchise quarterback. They're they're treating him like a wildcat quarterback because, and I've said this before, Daniel Jones would give a hundred thousand dollars for Aaron Rodgers' receivers. That's how bad it is. So, Dable is doing the best he can, like he did with Josh Allen as Buffalo's offensive coordinator. I get this raw kid from Wyoming. He doesn't really have any, so we'll start him off with man beaters. Then when they go zone and you know switching safeties and whatnot. We'll have everything underneath, and we'll build it and build it and build it. It's kind of like what the Eagles are doing with Jalen Hurts. Well, Daniel Jones, you know, you you do what you can. Maybe the Jets should hire Dable for some side consulting for Zach Wilson because here's a draft-wire question for later on. If this continues, are the Jets in the market for a first-round quarterback next year?
0: It's funny you should mention that. I (laughs) posit
1: that they may be –
0: Natalie Miller at DraftWire wrote that last night, Doug, so it's ah. already up. On the site. We're already we're already looking that way over at DraftWire and I don't think it's uh, it's unwarranted for sure.
1: Well, great minds in her case and mediocre minds and I in my case think alike. So there you go.
0: <laughs> well, we thank all of your great minds for joining us for another episode of Four Down Territory. Once again for Doug Farrar, I'm Luke Easterling, and we will see you next week. Take care, everyone.